Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the 343 Podcast. My name is John Pronich, and I am your host. And on today's episode, I have Romeo Jozak. And Romeo is the former technical director of the Croatian Football Federation. And he has also had a number of different jobs that preceded that. But during this interview, I asked Romeo, what is holding Croatia back? Is it bad luck? Is it politics? Is it corruption? And he said, none of that. His response was a much more simple answer. He basically said that what Croatia has built will take some time to take effect, that it's a process. And you'll hear throughout the interview that Romeo and others have been incredibly dedicated to a specific development plan for many, many years in Croatia. And you can see that it's starting to pay off just by looking at how many young Croatian players are now being signed by big European clubs. And if you haven't seen that, you should start keeping an eye on that. But this is a type of planning and patience and persistence that is very foreign to us here in the United States. He followed that with an example of Luka Modric, specifically the three stages of development that Luka has gone through. Number one, as a young, recognizable talent. Number two, as an individual player. And then number three, as a team player, like he is right now at Real Madrid. And there are many, many other young talents like Luka that are waiting in the queue for the Croatian national team. And as they go through and complete their development cycles, the national team should reap the benefits, according to Romeo. But he's also very realistic. And he said that having an award for the nicest looking soccer at Euro 2016 or having an award for the most young talents isn't the goal. Romeo and the rest of Croatia know that the goal is to win at the highest levels. Now, Romeo has played a key role in developing both players and coaches in the small country of Croatia, just 4 million people. At one point in the interview, he actually said that Croatia doesn't just have one national team coach either. He said that they have 4 million because in Croatia, football is like a religion. And when someone makes a mistake, every single person in the country shares their opinion. Now, as many of you probably know, I'm also Croatian. I was born here in the United States, but my dad made his way here from Croatia in the mid 80s. And I grew up to stories, uh, I grew up to my dad telling stories uh, about playing soccer with balls made out of cow hair and playing barefoot on the dirt roads of his tiny village. Now, Romeo didn't have quite the same childhood as my dad. He had a bunch of different experiences. He lived in the big city, he was able to travel, he attended the university. But Romeo did live through one of Croatia's most tragic times. So he has different stories to tell. He shared one story about what it was like growing up during a war and having to turn the lights off at a certain hour so planes overhead would not view them as targets. He even casually said that it wasn't that bad in Zagreb. Just a couple of bombings. Just a few attacks. I can't even imagine what it would be like to grow up like that. But despite living through that, Romeo finished school and then worked himself up the ranks of the Croatian Football Federation. And after helping the country accomplish so much from top to bottom, he now says that he's ready for something more. Now, I do want to mention that Romeo shared one of his favorite Luca, <laughs> Luca stories, and I couldn't help but laugh because I can picture Luca perfectly uh, as Romeo was describing what happened, and I'm sure that you're going to be able to picture it too. Um, but I don't want to get... 
hold you guys up any longer. I know the intro is always most boring parts uh, and you want to get right to the right to the thick of things. So with that, I hope that you guys enjoy this episode of the 343 podcast with Romeo Jozak. This episode of the 343 podcast is brought to you by 343coaching.com. That's the number three, number four, number three, coaching, all spelled out, dot com. And on 343coaching.com, you can find all of our articles, all of our podcast episodes. You can find links to our free and our premium coaching courses. And you can also find links to our live in-person experiences, including our players club. If you would like to find out more, please visit 343coaching.com. That's the number three, number four, number three, coaching.com. And with that, enjoy this episode of the 343 podcast. Hello. Hey, Romeo. Hey, Amy. How are you? Doing good. Good morning. Good Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys woke up over there, right? I just woke up, man. I'm, I'm not an early, mer- an early morning person either, so this is rare for me. Yeah. Whereabouts are you? Like, exactly. Where, 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 where from California are you? Uh, San Luis Obispo. Uh, I'm, about, I'm about halfway between San Francisco and L.A. On okay. The, on the coast. Pismo, Pismo Beach. That's, a lot, that's, that's where pe- most people know. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Around Fresno area, kind of right. Uh, west, west, west. Oh, we're yeah. west. So we're yeah. I'm, I'm I'm like right on the ocean. Okay, okay. Yeah. You spent a lot of time in California, didn't you? Uh, well, quite a bit. Not like didn't live there or didn't spend time like um, straight through, but I was like flying in, flying out, been back and forth quite quite a lot. Yeah, and in the states overall, not only California, but California too. Where I guess. Uh, a couple questions on that, I guess. What what mainly brought you here? Like speaking or? Uh, I started off like long time ago. That was like 1993 when I went into work as a, as a sports counselor in those summer camps when I was still a student on ah, okay. faculty university here in, in Croatia. And then I was working as a soccer coach, as a, as a swimming or like all these kind of sports stuff a few summers as a, as a counselor, as an instructor. And then I did my master's. Actually, I went to do my master's in, uh, in the States as well. I was in Memphis State University at that time. I spent there a year. I did have um, a family tragedy at that time. My mom, my mom passed away these uh, months, so I had to come back. And then I just didn't complete that there. But I finished it here in Croatia. And then I finished PhD afterwards here in Croatia as well. But then again, you're right. So, like I was invited as a speaker quite a few times. Um, with the NSCAA, with the United States Soccer Federation, with uh, all other various uh, uh, groups, congresses, uh, symposiums. So I was there. I go there quite a lot. I go there quite a lot, actually. Yeah. 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 I was. I was trying to take a look at your uh, at your resume. It's pretty extensive, man. You got a lot of stuff going on. I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pretty. Uh, it's been a pretty dynamic i would say the last 20 years uh since i started off as a as a, as a do what i do uh, did everything pretty much here in croatia a coach or a person from soccer could have done uh, like all the roles all the major functions uh as a td of the federation head coach of all the national teams uh dinamo in uefa still as an instructor as a committee member of the technical committee so a lot of things even though i'm in a stage uh I'm in a stage where, uh, where after all these years in a small country like this, and you pretty much do that, and you feel 
satisfaction and uh, the latest thing uh, that just got released and got published uh, the other day was a uh, official curriculum of the Croatian Football Federation that just got as I say published um, a few few days ago uh, that's kind of a, my final work here in, in, in Croatia and I'm um, and I'm kind of ready to explore international opportunities now a lot more uh, so I'm kind of like finishing let's say my role here slowly in Croatia and then opening up towards even though I have I'm connected with the world a lot um, as it is but uh, let's say uh, as, a, as a professional kind of thing I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in a stage where I'm open to international uh, uh, opportunities and I do have obviously a lot of contacts and a lot of friends and a lot of people all around the world so uh, we'll see how that's going to go but I'm, I'm let's say in a stage where I feel I, I need a I need a, I need a step up. I've been here for the last twenty years. It's been a if I if I want to make a step up, I think that's the age forty four right now. And I've done, as I say, everything here in Croatia, all the achievements, all the roles that I could have fulfilled. So I'm kind of at a stage to leave. Well, to go. I got gotcha. you. Before before we get into, I guess your next steps. I I want to kind of rewind to the very beginning, though. Um, I I think on your on your resume, everything that I've read about you, I've read multiple articles and and I've watched videos of you speaking about the the work you've done with the national team but I don't know how you got your start whether that was as as like a young player in Croatia where you, I don't I don't know if if you grew up and went through the the national team system or if you kind of took a a different route and and you went straight into coaching so maybe if you can kind of rewind all the way back and, and yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't a, I wasn't a, I wasn't a big name at that time. Uh, obviously, being a, a big player, I was a solid player playing with a Croatian second division, uh, which was okay. But I wasn't a big name. I didn't play on a national, a national level, uh, on national team. Um, as a matter of fact, at that time, uh, but I and I also had an injury at the age of twenty-two when I was playing. I was I was doing my my, my university time. And at the age of 22, I was playing second division, and I got injuries, like constantly with the, with the left ankle, and and that kept going and it kept recurring, and um, I just decided this doesn't make much of a sense. It's not going. I did have a let's say solid talent. People say I could have made it maybe to the first, well to the first division. Uh, I would say. Definitely, if if things went went okay, uh, but for the national team, probably not. But um, these injuries kind of like <clears throat> gave me a, gave me a pain of a bit of a bit of a pain in the butt, and uh, and I could have and I just couldn't couldn't afford that. I was in the second year of my my college time at that year in, in, a, in a phys ed here in Croatia, and I, I decided to leave, uh, finishing the um, the phys ed, and then and then started coaching at the age of twenty seven here in Croatia. Did a a lot of let's say um, amateur level and then the professional level youth teams and the guy, a few years after that again got invited by Dinamo Zagreb Academy to be one of the head coaches in the academy and that was when I was 20 28 um, became one of the one of the coaches for the youth uh, age groups and then time kind of picked it up quite fast i ended up in the first dinamo team as assistant coach head coach of a second team was for one year head coach of luka modric everybody knows about him um when he was 18 he was in dinamo second team at that time i was a head coach a few other players as well nico crancher eduardo da silva and all these big names at creation football 
has or or had at that time um and then time time picked it up as well i went to uh to africa spent a year coaching libyan national team um, um sometime was in canada in a in a regional assistant doing some education over there spent two years in germany in munich doing some education over there alongside with that it was uh was working on my master's and and, and phd and at the age of um, at the age of what was that thirty five, came back to Croatia again. To um, was in Osijek. Osijek is for us Croatians, uh, let's say one of the solid first division clubs. Was assistant coach of the first team and head coach of the second team. And then when I was thirty thirty six, I think that well, no, it was even sooner. I think thirty four or thirty five. That doesn't. That was two thousand and six. Uh, got invited by the boss to be the head coach, to be the head academy director of the Dinamo Academy, and then. And then I came came there. Uh, I would say we did we did quite an improvement over there um, with the academy. I've been there for seven years uh, since since from uh, 2007 to 2013. Uh, I would say production wise and and doing the results in the players sales, um, we did extremely good job all, all around the planet. I think it's already world known thing. Uh, I think after Porto, relatively looked by the population, by the number of the people living in the given country, I think we're the second, second, second academy on the planet for the player production. Um, uh, and uh, and then after that, I came to uh, I came to Federation. Uh, that was four years ago, 2013. Uh, there was a bit of a, a situation that I had that that year. I got an invitation, where one I was one of the strongest candidates to to take over the role of the academy director of Arsenal FC from London, but then within making a decision, should I go or should I not go? Should I take this chance or not? I uh, was given the opportunity to be the, the technical director, the head coach of the all national teams of Croatia, which for us, for me, Croatian, for us was a, was a big thing. Uh, and I thought to myself, my kids were little at that time. And I thought to myself, if things are going to go that way, they will go that way no matter what. And I, decided to stay in Croatia. I took the role of the TD of the Croatian FA, which is a, which is an enormously big thing for somebody that was never, a, let's say, a big big soccer name as, as a player. And then with the national teams, um, it's a bit of a history, right? We, we did quite a few, uh, we achieved quite a few World Cups, quite a few Euros, uh, quite a few good results, quite a few young players uh, stood up and, uh, and, got, and, got, <clears throat> and got educated through the system. Uh, being in charge of all the technical development uh, of all the um, scouting system of all the regional system of all the uh, education as well uh, at the same time the biggest academy Dinamo Zagreb Academy and then and then uh, and the technical director of the first Croatian A national team which is a big dream for everybody for me as well and um, and the youth national teams I, I was let's say overseeing and running the, the entire technical development of, of Croatia. Um, and as I say, just recently, uh, a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I finished a book, which is official Croatian Football Federation uh, development curriculum, uh, been published, obviously, in Croatian and in English just uh, just now, a few days ago in English. So, and I actually posted it on, on the LinkedIn uh, website uh, a little while ago, a few days ago, and it's, it's, it's enormous uh, feedback from people who follow that all around the world. So um, that that was something what I wanted to leave, wanted to do, 
just for myself. So I'm going to do that, not for the Croatia, well, for Croatia, obviously, for the, for the system, but for myself, I just wanted to actually have this as some kind of a legacy to leave it to the people and coaches behind, uh, whoever's going to do that in the future. And as I say, uh, wrapping up pretty much this period of, 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 my, of my role in Croatian FA or in Croatia overall was something that I'm, that I'm I would say, let's say, proud of and, uh, and happy with. And that's pretty much quickly, quickly, the through the ages, how we went and how I got to the position where I am right now. You've you've done a lot, and beside besides doing this coaching curriculum, and it sounds like you're you're super proud and and, and rightfully so. What do you think has been your bi- biggest success throughout your time, throughout your coaching career? I guess. Uh. You know, it was a um, it's it's a pretty complex job in a in a country where uh, you know when there's a saying where like especially us being the soccer country where where soccer is a is a religion uh, to the extent um, where 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 people mostly fall for big names and 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 they respect big names that are proven outside Croatia first and then they got to and they come back, and then they, they're the ones, because nobody's a prophet from their own backyard. It's an old saying here as well. And it was tough. It was, it was really tough to fight all these, uh, uh, even, even criticism in a way, being young, being not having a name, not having a dad that supported you, uh, and that, that gave, you, uh, gave you something. I earned that all myself, um, climbing and... and, and, and and getting into the ECA, ECA is a European Club Association, as a youth um, youth development expert and as a member of the youth working group, and then later uh, to the UEFA Youth Committee, and then later on in the UEFA Technical Committee, and become a technical instructor as I am right now. Last six years, uh, it's been it's been it's been something what needed um, a lot of a lot of passion. Um, I would say. I would say I, I don't think I'm going to lie too much if I say the last 20 years I didn't have a, let's say five days in a row that I can say okay this is five days that I'm not doing anything that I have a break that I'm on a holiday, I can't remember that I had longer than five or four days in the last 20 years uh, <clears throat> of a, any kind of a break just flying, been all around the planet a couple of times literally just circled the planet around a few times, uh, all the various symposiums, uh, been a lecturer in, in every given continent. Uh, in all the countries on the on the, on the planet, all the major countries on the planet, but it's been a when you when you say a biggest success, uh, I would say biggest success is to make a to make a structure to make something what I was uh, talking about or still still am talking about a lot is uh, to actually when you talk about the football development, it's a it's a process. People like to use the term football or soccer school. But then a school has its principles and school has its structure and, and, and those structures has to be obeyed and got to be got to be got to be run and got to be got to be directed and structured in, in a really proper and prescribed way. Uh, whereas it's not it's not the case in most of the well, a lot of cases in Croatia it wasn't right. So uh, yeah, at, at that time, I would say I would say a few years back. 70 or 80 percent of the youth academies under the governance of Croatian Football Federation, which is first three divisions, they belong to the professional level of the uh, or the national level of the federation, didn't have any kind of a official guidance and curriculum in their youth development system, which was really a number that I that I was completely uh, unsatisfied with. 
seeing that we are a soccer country, we produce a lot, we want to do something. But then when you know that people, well, most of the, most of the people in the academies don't have the guidance, don't have the leadership, uh, not necessarily from, their, from themselves, but from the, from the Federation, I felt, at, I felt it as an, an, an obligation to give the guidance, to give something when, when, when Ministry of Education uh, says, okay, in a second, in a second year, in a second grade of, of mathematics uh, subject, okay, everybody's going to be doing the same thing in October uh, in a second grade for the, for, the, for the languages, for the whatever physics, whatever subject we're talking about. Um, and everybody's doing the same thing in Croatia. Everybody's doing probably the same thing in the States as well, like in second grade in given, given subjects. In Croatia, it wasn't the case. Everybody was was mostly doing, uh, let's say, whatever they felt like, whatever they were uh, having the academy director feeling like. And this is not the way. This is not the case. Uh, the, the case should be that everybody is doing um, a similar thing. Okay, let's agree. Let's agree what those things are. Let's sit down. Let's fight. Let's 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 analyze. And then we did that. I was the chairman of the Croatian. Technical committee for uh, for four years, uh, where I had a lot of guys that I give give the gratitude for for this as well, and I, I posted that in my in my book as well, giving the thanks for that as well. Uh, a lot of older people than than myself, experienced coaches that really contributed to that, and we were sitting down for a few years and uh, and actually putting down on the paper. A lot of those things that we found, uh, okay, with me as a chairman, with me later on as a technical director to give the final approval, which was approved by the, by the board of the Croatian FA, obviously by the president, and uh, and it was given given approval by the UEFA as well. Um, <clears throat> that I found as one of my um, major successes on on the long term, on the long run, because now. I can quite consciously sit down and, and, and lay down, and you know, when you fall asleep in the evening, and you say, you know, I think the country um, has its guidance and has its principles to follow. There's always going to be obviously, like in everything, like in soccer as well. You know, I think maybe this should be going a little bit to the left, or this should be going a little bit. But generally, the main principles are there. The 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 main, the, the main principles are agreed on. Uh, been approved and um, even even have been accepted in a public, which, as I say, it's it's very hard to be accepted because somebody thinks that Barcelona is better, somebody thinks that Real is better. Everybody has their own, and you know how they say in Croatia we have four million coaches, and everybody's saying, okay, why Luka Modric is not playing? Sanamid, he's playing, he's playing offense, he's playing. Uh, so he should. Everybody has their opinion, and it's really tough to actually satisfy everyone. But I think we've we've managed this, um, and I've managed this uh, to come up with some kind of a structure that that is um, a mixture of an order, a mixture of uh, of some kind of a, a long-term development plan, and a mixture of Croatian mentality, which is also really, let's say, talented mentality. But talent is is a is a is a is a word that could have some tricks inside of it because talent is a really a definition of something what is really complex. Uh, somebody when when they say talented, they they a little they always right off the bat think okay this guy knows how to dribble the ball and how to push the ball through somebody's legs and stuff. But talent is a more complex dimension. How to define how to define talent is also in this book as well. And when we're choosing our talents. 
And you got to be aware that there's 100,000 people with 100,000 registration, 100 registered players play play football, play uh, soccer in Croatia. So we don't have a huge base to choose players from. We have a we have a base that you got to be literally looking after every single kid you're going to find. And uh, by those by the definition of the talent, uh, by the by the by the precise definition of the talent, uh, you're excluding the um, the potential mistake from happening because uh, because. It is very easy to say, you know, this guy is a player, this guy is not a player. Everybody is going to be, is, is, is crazy. At the age of, I can only say, at the age of 17, nobody was sure to look at what he's going to be the player. I can say it because I was, I was one of the witnesses. I was one of the, one of the closest witnesses where at the age of 17, 18, nobody was sure that Luka Modric is going to be a top player as it is right now. So it is really, it is really uh, tricky and, 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 and very, um, very sensitive at the age of 12, never mind, never mind 10, to say, okay, this guy has potential, this guy doesn't have potential. So making it all, let's say, in one, in one order, in one structure, in one, in one nice um, uh, development plan, I think is maybe my, my for me anyway, uh, long-term success that I find. Uh, however, if you want to just look like what event um, maybe you're gonna. Well, I'm gonna say as one of my successes, I would definitely say when we were, were the world champions with Dinamo U15 team, uh, having winning the unofficial world championship uh, with uh, with with the teams where we beat. Um, this is a Nike Premier Cup um, world finals in Manchester uh, United Stadium where we beat Boca Juniors in quarterfinals, Arsenal in the semis, and then. AC Milan in the finals, becoming the world champions in, in this, let's say, unofficial world championship for the clubs for the age UFF to U15. And for the for the national teams, definitely the, the biggest success would be being uh, in a cycle 2013-2014, being the, the only European nation that qualified for all three World Cups, the U17, uh, U20, U17 Arab Emirates, U20 in Turkey and um, uh, Senior World Cup in Brazil, being, as I say, the only European country that qualified for all three World Cups in this cycle. Uh, with me, as a technical director, I was really proud for that achievement, and I find that maybe as as my, at that time, uh, biggest 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 goal in, 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 in a, or achievement in a federation. Apart from that, uh, becoming the, um, after uh, people in the States will maybe not know what those names were uh, Milan Milan Milanic. You maybe you maybe remember those big name that big name. He was a technical committee member. Uh, Vladko Markovic, ex Croatian football federation president, was a technical committee member of UEFA. And now me, uh, also being that the third one from uh, from this area uh, in the in 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 a round in a group of such a big names that also made me let's say happy achieving that. And working uh, on UEFA staff, um, educating and, and and giving instructions all around the planet, let's say let's say it was also some some achievement that I that I that I that I that I, that I was really happy with. So all the all let's say those three parts in a club like club, national team, and UEFA, and as I say, this this clean structure of the of the guidance of the development plan that I that I signed that that, 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 that I let's say finalized with my assistant, but I was. Uh, I, I, that was something what I'm what I'm what I'm really proud of and and really happy with and and you know when you have a good taste in your mouth that this is something what goes in a let's say solid or or good direction uh, makes me makes me happy. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I you you mentioned something that was uh, 
it was kind of funny to me because it, 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 I see it when I talk with my dad and, and when I'm around uh, when I'm around groups of Croatian people as well. But you mentioned that that Croatia has four million coaches. Yeah. Any anytime we watch a game or the the coach makes a sub or anything like that, there's four million opinions that are happening. And you also mentioned yeah. you also mentioned that Croatia treats soccer like a religion. Yeah. Do you feel like that's always been the case? Like when when you were when you were growing up, was football looked like that? Um it was. It was uh there's a there's a uh, just gonna just gonna actually give you an answer to that but also also maybe try to make a make a a point in 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 bit of a education part of the things that were here 20 30 years ago here in these on these uh territories like maybe on, on the world as well um you know when they say um we used to play football on the streets a lot we did used to play uh, I myself was on the on the on the streets uh, growing up at the age of six up until the age of 17, 18, let's say five, six hours a day. And at that time, people didn't maybe fight with all these technology wonders like you guys in the States even have more, even though in Croatia is really picking up a lot. My kids are actually just uh, uh, everybody's kids, not only mine. It's really getting more and more crazy. And it's a, it's a concern and it's adaptation to, to actually how to how to be able to actually adapt all these changes towards development of the of the game as, as soccer is. But what I, what I want to say, soccer was always phenomenal here in this area. Um, we did have in Yugoslavia, I grew up in Yugoslavia up until the age of, I was born in Yugoslavia. And the war broke out when I was 18, 1990. Um, I remember those days in Yugoslavia, it was really crazy. I mean, the, the first Yugoslavian league was, was, was strong. There were a couple of, couple of rules that made it even stronger and that was a fact one of the fact was that nobody could have left the league before the age of 28 now imagine imagine that the players can't be transferred out of the league up uh, until the age of 28 that means the accumulation of the quality uh, of the players uh, is really strong i mean whoever showed up as a talent at the age of 19 didn't have a chance to actually fight for the team until the guy who's going to be 25 25 6 7 8 are actually going to going to leave because it was such a huge concentration of quality and talent, and that's what made Yugoslavia strong at that time, right? As a league, uh, but 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 soccer was always phenomenal here. It was it was really uh, it was really uh, religion. Uh, okay, the problems, the political issues that took part. People say, okay, if we got we stayed on a, on a group, what kind of soccer nation would we be? But I think it wouldn't wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Uh, it was too too many of a differences. I'm not going to go into the politics, obviously, right now. But as you as you follow that, as you analyze all this, me growing up in this country and actually maturing and uh, and finishing my 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 my, my uh, doing my my let's say base of my life in in Croatia as a country, you, you can you can see the differences. Even though it was hard to adapt. But um, to come back to the uh, to those playing playing times on on, on the streets, you know, um, there's a, there's a there was a, always a big controversy in a even in a now in a coaching education world. You know, like let's let's teach the kids to play soccer like the game teaches them because the game is the best teacher. Because you know, like we we developed and we learned the most when we played the game on the streets when we were kids the most, you know, and then, then I asked the question, question back. Okay. I was one of those guys playing on the streets for, uh, 
six hours a day in, 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 in a 10-year in period when I was growing up. Uh, been on the streets all the time, every single afternoon. My mom actually had to pull my hair to actually get me back in a, in, a, in a house. But then I have a question for you. Like, how many, how many times in these 10 years of my playing time on the streets, how many times do you think anyone ever corrected me in my playing or my skill performing or whatever? Or how many times have you been corrected? Whoever's saying that the, that the game itself is the best teacher. I'm just going to say nobody ever corrected me when I was, when I was on, the, on the streets. Maybe the older kid gave me a bit of a smack uh, because it didn't give him the ball because he wanted to score. But generally, is it really possible that out of the, all these years and out of all these playing time on the streets, we did everything right? That just by giving the playing time on the streets, there's a, maybe a bit of a minor possible chance that we already or learned some bad habits and automatizations as well, and that's a that's a that's a that, that, that's a scare. That's a that's an issue and a problem I have with. We just can't leave everything to the game because game is gonna take the guy into the comfort zone. Because whenever if you left footed, listen, you're always gonna, especially being a kid. When when I don't know if you I don't know if you uh, if you if you haven't thought it this way, but twelve year old kid playing 11 versus 11 on a big pitch, it is like the adult guy, it's like the adults and the senior guys play on a, on 150 by 200 meters wide and, and long pitch. This is how different the space is in, 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 in biomechanics for the 12-year-old kid as opposed to the senior player playing playing uh, on, on this pitch later on. So so tactically and, and, and having those skill developments we just can't leave it everything to the game. There has to be some kind of a guidance from the coach because kid is every kid. It is just human tendency to actually take everything in a comfort zone. I mean, one 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 easy example is if you make a random analysis and ask the kids, okay, guys, what do you want to do this afternoon? Ninety-five percent of them were definitely going to say, listen, I would like to play PlayStation or I would like to uh, watch TV. I wouldn't like to say that there's going to be 95% of them. Okay, no, no, no. We want to do homework. So this is the this is the comfort zone that they have. This is the easy way that they're taking. People are like that in general. So by taking the kids to the school, we are just actually taking them out of the comfort zones because what they want to do is they just want to have fun. They want to want to go to McDonald's. They want to have eat nuggets. They want to watch TV. They want to play. They don't, they're not too crazy about doing homework. They're not too crazy about learning and doing. So in a school, we are taking them out of the comfort zone and making them proper habits, whether they like it or not. So there can be, there can be definitely not, not possible that just by leading and giving the kids only the playing time in the soccer game, and believing, okay, the game itself is going to teach him all the principles. He won't, because the game is going to get, become faster. The game is becoming going to stronger. The pitch is going to become smaller as they grow up. The pitch is going to become smaller as they grow up, and they will not have as much time because they will not have the option two, option three, option four, because nobody gave them the correction. If you just leave the game, teach them by himself. So all these arguments. <clears throat> is our, 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 our arguments to actually how important that is to uh, to make a, a, a strong 
structure, fundamental base for learning, for the long-term learning to know exactly, okay, at the age of 12 or at the age of 15 or at the age of 18, you're going to do this, 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 and that, whether you too much like it or whether you not like, like, like it too much. It is, it is, it is I'm not going to say unfortunately like that, but whether you want to make a, a soccer player to be really complete, educated person, completely educated person as a soccer man, he has to, to go to go all the all the all, all the all those steps, and when you take it and when you take it back in Yugoslavia, it was even even um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say more fanatical, even though um, to the extent maybe you can say yes. Why? Because now people have other options. Now, when you click on TV, you can watch all these premierships, divisions, uh, Spanish leagues, Barcelona's. At that time, people weren't be able, people weren't weren't able to do that because the, the, just technology just just wasn't at that level. So football, I remember the the guy saying me on on a practice they had five thousand people just on a practice gathering and, and following practices of Dinamo Zagreb or, or other big clubs in the area. Uh, now it's not the case like that. Um, technology is taking or other options or other sports, other 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 economical opportunities are taking the people away from sports. And we, like everybody, and I'm sure since I'm quite often in the states as well myself, I know you're fighting with a with a with a with an issue how to actually bring kids to the pitch uh, more than it was the case. Well, for us anyway, anyway in the past. Um, also knowing probably uh, competing to all these big sports in the states like you guys do uh, when they come to the ages 15, 16, 17. They have to also see some kind of a goal ahead of them. If they don't see a goal, they don't see something uh, what they're going to look up to, uh, whether that being a first major league soccer, whether that being Europe or something else, they will obviously lose motivation. And this is something maybe, maybe one of the one of the things that, that the United States is fighting with because having all these sports uh, against soccer, not literally against, but actually being being there. Uh, where in Europe we don't as much. Soccer is number one thing here in Europe, and and all kids primarily want to be soccer players, and then later on whatever they become. But soccer is soccer is definitely a religion. Has always been a religion, especially uh, in this area. I'm trying to. I'm, <laughs> am, I, am, I, am, I making, am I making myself clear? I just want to make sure. Am I? Is this going the way you wanted, or, or? Yeah. No, it is. It is. It's just there were so many times I, I've been taking notes as you've been talking, and there's so many things I want to go back to. But if I keep going yeah. back to all of them, this interview is going to take 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. I prepare yeah. myself. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess. Let me ask this too. I guess. How did? How did? How did the war impact either your playing career or your coaching career? You said you said you were you were in Yugoslavia in 1990. I don't how how old were you at that point? And then I was 18. How so? How did that steer your your career? I was I turned at the age of 19. I enrolled to college here in Croatia in Zagreb, and I remember the I remember the the, the curfews, the night curfews when it was. Uh, it was um, well. It was, it was literally uh, planes that were flying Zagreb, and, and and all the lights had to be shut down because you don't want to give the light to the to the planes, so they're going to have targets uh, visible and everything. And I was in a dorm on my first year. I'm never going to forget that when we saw the planes uh, fighting against each other on on a sky above Zagreb, and then you see every fifth bullet they make it a lightning bullet, so they they see the direction in the night where the actual 
bullet uh, bullet direction is going. So you could have seen actually they're hitting each other on on, on the sky. It was, it was phenomenal, and the and the entire city was in the dark because they didn't want to they didn't want to expose the city as as a target, right? Uh, so it was it was a uh, it was one. Now when you go back, uh, things seem unreal. I I personally didn't feel any kind of a uh, huge or major suffers. Uh, because in Zagreb it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. There was a couple of bombings and there was a couple of couple of detonations and a uh, few times uh, the, the, the attacks. But it wasn't nearly as bad as it was in Bukovar and in Petrinja and those places around, as you know uh, by name. Uh, so I didn't suffer. Well, he we are in Zagreb didn't suffer at all. Uh, I, I can't even say suffering because what we did in what we had in Zagreb, just having the lights up. Few times you can't even you can't even uh, say that as, as any kind of a suffering. It was just like a normal day, and we were thank thankful to God that we are actually even having this situation, not having the bombs being thrown on us every single day like those other guys have in Croatia. So, um, but but soccer wise, those few few first years weren't weren't quite. Uh, I was playing as I say. I started when I was 19 playing the second division, and league went on. Leagues went on. Uh, 1992, the second division, the first division started off right away immediately. The third divisions, everything kind of picked up right away. And as you know, the first ever game we ever had was against United States, unofficial, uh, unofficial game. Uh, uh, and that, that's why we were all that connected. We, I don't know if that many people actually from the states knew that that when we when we when we conferred our our uh, existence and when we declared our independency, the first ever soccer game that we ever had was in October against the United States national team. So, so that's why we're so close to the States and that's why we're uh, having them recognize us and approve us. I think Vatican was first and then the United States were second or Germany or something like that. So these two, three countries were, were the first countries um, acknowledging and, and, and recognizing Croatia as an independent country. Um, the, the soccer at that time, I didn't think of that much at that time. It was just like different, different, as I say, psychology in my head. Uh, but when the war, war, war came down, 1994, 1995, I finished my college, 1995. And then, as I say, the first time I was in the States was 1993, working as a sports instructor in the summer camps, as a soccer coach, uh, coming back to Croatia. It was, it was bad everybody knows that war in croatia war in bosnia was really bad at that time and i started coaches when i was when i came back in 1996 1997 that's how we started off i can say that uh when i say the 70 percent of the academies didn't have the guidance in the education uh, listen it's normal i mean the whole country didn't have guidance the whole country was was fighting fighting against uh, people from outside the country, fighting with people inside the country as well. At that time, it was obviously a chaos a couple of years after the war, like not people were, were like headless, right, in, in every given direction of the, of, the, of, the, um, of the industry, of the economy, everything, soccer as well. So no wonder there was any kind of a guidance. Uh, however, now it's 2017, I would say the last 10, 15 years Starting from the 2000s and on, things became a lot more 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 calmer. I personally was getting mature. I was 30, 30-ish and something. Things were actually getting more clever in my head, more structured in my head, more experienced. And um, and that's how we took took the entire game on. I was 
still am obviously um, one of the one of the leading factors in last in last um, decade in, in Croatia as a as a as a country that that did and still does all these successes. I can say right now, our national team. You probably follow that our national team. We have such a huge names and such a good players in every position, even doubles. So if Modric is not going to play, Badil is going to play, Peric is not going to play, Mandzukic is going to play. So whoever's not playing, we have a, we have a sub for them to actually be on on a high, on a top level, on a top level. And that's and that's an achievement for the for the for the for the size of the country of four million people. That's a huge achievement, and also also uh, also a reason to be proud of as a technical director of federation, leading leading the country in that way. So so there were changes, even though you know though you don't think about those changes those, those times. You just live your life on. Um, my my I got I got obviously got married and uh, got my kids a long way with that, and uh, was in the states quite a lot. Also also did my did my bit of a university time there as well, exploring the world, just seeing in which direction the world goes. But I wouldn't only want to focus on Croatia as a, as a development of soccer here. I just would like also say there has been huge changes in the development of the soccer on, on a world level. Uh, we all know that, uh, that Spain made their, I would like to call it, football revolution. I mean, they they evolved they analyzed the, all the principles and they put down all the all the principles and uh, and the structure and they they did they did what every country should do um, germany did that we all know that as well with the uh, 266 regional camps that they built uh, by the by the government and when they proclaimed uh, football to be one of the one of the one of the branches of the industry never mind the the industry branch itself in the Germany, they did a revolution with the with the curriculum that they made. Belgium obviously did their um, did their huge impact at changing and restructuring the football as a game. Uh, two countries that I can say right now, frankly, are doing that. Um, just in the in the in the middle of that are France and England. They are also taking the momentum, shifting and restructuring the football from the let's say. 60s and 70s and 80s because everything has evaluated everything has has evolved and, and changed football as well okay let's adapt to these changes and i can say croatia is one of those countries as well but if, if you can if you can look if you look at on on, on a world level uh, brazil they haven't done that yet argentina they haven't done that yet you know you have a lot of football countries that haven't done that yet they haven't adapted to the principles of the modern game uh, I'm not going to say about the states. I, I don't know the information, but you have a lot of privileges over there. Obviously, a lot of uh, obstacles, the privileges to be big, but there's obstacle to be big as well at the same time. How to control it all, how to make it all uh, working in the same direction because because it's obviously too big. And the other problem you're facing is facing uh, you're living with is uh, this comfort zone, which is too comfort, which is which is too nice for the kids. And to take him out of this comfort zone, to actually put him into the hard work, and the only way to succeed in anything, never mind soccer, is enormous and sweating hard work, is very hard when, when the comfort zone is nice and comfy, right? And, and that's, why, that's why it's going to definitely take some time uh, for, the, uh, for the country to take the benefits of that revolution. In Croatia, we have a, 
obstacle, which is the size of a country which is small. But then again, we have a privilege to be such a small country because you control it all. With two phone calls, you can actually wrap around the whole country and actually see whatever. Whenever there's something happening, you know it in two, three phone calls or two, three emails because it's so small. But then again, you have 100,000 people, only registered players, which is not the case in the, in, in the States. As I understand, there's 30, 40 million people uh, playing playing more or less soccer. So those those revolutions and those adap- changes and adaptations are needed if the country wants to make a serious step step up. As, as I said, Spain did that. Germany did that. And the big countries, as uh, as England and France, are actually in the middle of that. I know because I'm, 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 I'm in, well, not involved literally, but I'm involved in the, in, in 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 the flow of information. I have a lot of friends in all the countries. I know what are the structures in the academy that they're taking. Uh, whoever's going to want to be serious in the future, in 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 some kind of a, in some kind of a, let's say, um, achievement of a result. If if the World Cup is a measure of the result. Um, if you're not going to be taking those those crucial steps from the childhood, from the education, from the very beginnings, uh, you will not be able to leave it all up to the base talent like Brazil used to do that when the revolution of the soccer didn't take part, where soccer was, let's say, sport of 11 guys playing against 11 guys. Now it's not it's not like that anymore. It's about team play against the team. Um, uh, and, and those things are not only from the ind- individual talent that they have, even though it helps a lot, even though obviously it helps a lot, but they got to be working as a team, not only as an individual. And those changes, taking it step by step, is, are going to lead to the level where you're going to be or not be something which you want to call yourself as a champion or, or a winner or something on the, of, of the, let's say, World Cup, if that is a, if that is a world measure. Now you, you, you've obviously done great work and and taken the Croatian youth national teams and Dinamo and 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 at the youth level a lot of success and if you're using the World Cup as as a, a measuring stick for the senior team what do you think is holding Croatia back it's not talent you said that there's two three four players in each position that can easily take the field and 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 take the country far so what's holding the country back is it bad luck is it politics is it corruption is it something else no 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 it's not it's neither that it's neither that it's just uh i wouldn't call it bad luck neither it is just um it is just um the thing that i'm talking about right now all these things need time to take effect um, um if you saw luka modic playing as a kid, uh, when he was 16, 17, if you saw Luka Modic playing in a, in a youth national team, uh, if you now see Luka Modic playing in a Real Madrid, you're going to see all three different kinds of players. Right? So he became from individual talent, he turned into individual player, and now he became a team player. So all these three stages he changed as an individual talent, individual player, and, and team player. And, 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 and those things are still still leftovers from the mentality and from the lack of academy institution and academy um, uh, contribution to their development when they were kids to that extent, if you know what I mean. No, so uh, I, I, I think I, I know what you mean. And one of the things I noticed, especially with the last, uh, with the last Euros, Euros. There, was, there, there was a mix of mentality where you had guys from – the old way 
and guys from the new way. And I don't know if that mixed well. Is that is that right? Is that a good observation? That's exactly that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, it is not it is not is not enough to have you know when they say you know you guys played the, the nicest soccer in Euro in France. I mean, listen, they we landed back in Croatia and we are what are we having the the award for the nicest looking team in in in, in and that doesn't doesn't give anything, right? So if you wanna if you wanna <clears throat> play soccer, you're not. You're not playing it for fun. You're not playing, playing it to look nice. You're playing it for the result on that level, on that level, right? Sometimes you actually you want to play it to look nice. But on that level, listen, uh, how, how many of us remember Portugal now uh, looking and playing and, 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 their, and their performance looking nice in a given game against whoever they play, even, even against us? We outplaying them in all the parameters on, 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 on the pitch, but they won. And they won this one, and they won another one, and so 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 the winners are remembered, right? Obviously, not the losers. But 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 as I say, uh, to to actually break it down, I wouldn't I wouldn't make it make it a fault of no one. I would just say it is a process. Um, it is a process. Um, our generation, our age group, our team right now, if we're not going to be among three. In Russia, in a World Cup, we're never going to be that in the future anymore because this is the now. It should be a mix of everything: a mix of quality, mix of experience, mix of um, energy, uh, mix of talent, mix of everything. But then also working as a team. In Brazil, we didn't work as a team. We work as a as as, a, as you say, we work as individuals. Uh, mix of different in, in mentalities, mix of different individuals. Obviously, talented individuals. In France, in France, the same way. Now, I think with a, with a, even though we lost against Iceland a few a few days ago, they just won game. Doesn't we're still first in a group, leading in a group, most talented, most. I, everybody's saying we're the favorite. Favorite. Um, it takes time for the country to pick up. Um, uh, before, before Iniesta and Xavi age, Spain, they were never. Uh, having the now, can you call it a bad luck that they didn't do anything in the world? You whether you want to call it a, whatever you want to call it, but they didn't do it. They obviously didn't have this click. They didn't have the team performance before this age that they took uh, in in a recent past, as we all remember. This Germany, the, the same thing as well. England, when they become that, they're going to be the six serious soccer nation. Whoever thinks they can do. Uh, and they can win the serious games based only on their individual quality are completely wrong. And that's why Brazil and Argentina, uh, they can't they can rely on Messi only. They, they got to have, have other 10 players actually playing because there's a Syrian team, serious team on the other side waiting for you and being ready for you as well. So Croatia, uh, I mean, again, listen, what are we talking about? It's a World Cup and we have 4 million people like like uh, like we're fighting against against I don't know who, but we are fighting against the big guys to be ready to fight against the big guys as a, as a, such a small country. You got to be overcoming a lot of a lot of obstacles that you have. London has six seven million people, and we got four as a country. So uh, so it's 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 tough. It's tough to have those expectations, even though you're completely right. I mean, all the all the coaches, all those four million coaches in Croatia are expecting us to be the world champions. If we have any less than that, we're going to be. We're going to be unsuccessful, and that is the huge pressure we are having. And and me myself, <laughs> at least, if anything, I'm used to work under pressure because to working in Croatia the last 20 years in soccer as a as a one, as a one or leading person in technical development, uh, having all these pressure on your back, that means you're educated for the for the real work. 
and, uh, and, 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 and then. But as I say, uh, I'm kind of hoping, uh, and, and you were right, the, 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 I wouldn't call it mistakes. I would just call it maturing process. Our revolution, our adaptation to the real and serious game didn't take effect in a complete way yet. Uh, still struggling, having those ups and downs, and I think in Russia it should take the whole effect and we should be performing in the in, in, in best possible way, even, even maybe winning it, even maybe winning it. All right, that's a bold, bold prediction. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> who would I be if not, if not to go play? It's going to be obviously tough, but as I say, if this team can't do it, not, not, I, don't see, I don't see a team in the future that will have a uh, that will have. I know all the all the young guys of the age groups of the youth national teams. I know every single guy by the name, and they're talented, obviously. But but you have such a accumulation of quality on on one squad. Uh, Twenty three players in Russia. Uh, uh, it should it should um, it should it should pay back. If this is not going to pay pay back next year in Russia, I, I don't know when it will. Honestly, what do you do if if it doesn't if it doesn't pay back? How do you react to that? How do you come back from that? Well, listen, the life goes on, right? We were obviously uh, having huge confidence in, 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 in France, uh, beating Spain in a group and uh, having a lot of confidence going to, uh, against Portugal. Listen, you lose. You lose five days. It's a, it's a, it's a morning, morning days here in, uh, in, 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 in Croatia. It was in the papers and everything, a lot of criticism, a lot of obviously uh, questions, why, answers. Life goes on. I mean, nothing tragical would obviously happen. But as I say, from the sports, from the sports perspective, if we don't take this opportunity with the with the average of the age for our team in in Russia, more or less, will be around twenty nine, which are going to be the best. Luka Modric is going to be thirty. Perisic um, uh, is going to be a little younger. All these guys, Mateo Kovacic is going to be already uh, ripe enough. Mandzukic is going to be. 29, Chorluka is going to be 29. So the best ages for the for the for the national team. You've never seen a. You've never seen. I don't know how much you followed the uh, Champions League here uh, this season, but uh, uh, all four semifinals teams that played in a, in, in the semis here uh, this year's Champions League, they had the age group average between 27 and 28. None of them could have even gotten close to the semis with the age group average 22 or 32. It is just it is just the age group, or between 25 and 30, the age groups where you are still full of energy, where you're still being able to actually perform physically. But then again, you're gonna you're 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 good enough experienced to actually know it all, uh, to be through a lot of it all, to actually be in the best possible shape to actually if if do anything, then do it then. Um, our national team is going to be, as I say, uh, age, age, age average is going to be around 28 and a half, 29 with the quality with, uh, and then obviously it needs a, a bit of a luck as well, like they all do, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't rely on luck. I've never relied on luck in my, in my life as much. I only, always relied on hard work and, uh, and a consistency and it always be back. So, uh, if this is going to be put in that way, we will, uh, we will achieve. If we don't achieve, well, listen, life goes on, but I would say, I would feel sorry if we don't achieve it next year because I think we're ripe and ready for the huge achievement. Hello? Hello? I can hear you. Hey, Romeo. Yeah, here now. Sorry, I cut out. Um, How are you on on time? Do you have time for like two or three more questions? 
yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, I actually have a whole evening off, so okay. I don't know how long it's going to take for. So this is yeah. uh, this is. A, it sounds peaceful where you're at. You're like hearing birds in the background, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm on my terrace. I'm nice. on my terrace on on a what do you call it a uh, 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 patio like yeah. terrace, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, where, yeah. Where are you? In Zagreb. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, so just a, a, a few more questions. I have like five million questions written down in front of me now. Maybe I, maybe I can follow up with an email with you and 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 do like a little written one. You can respond whenever you you get time. Yeah. Um, let's see. I gotta I gotta choose some good ones now. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, what's what's giving you motivation right now? You you just left. Obviously, you just left a job. You said you've written this book, and you're you're leaving that behind as kind of like a maybe like a legacy. Yeah. But what what's motivating you right now? You you've done a lot of assistant coaching, technical director with with youth jobs. So yeah, what's what's your motivation at the moment? Uh, you know, there's a. When you analyze a player, then you analyze a lot of a lot of details in him. Okay, how fast he is, how skillful he is, what kind of personality he's got. Is he is he courageous? Is he is he this? Is he that? How, what kind of tolerance to the pressure he's got? Like, there's a lot of things. When you analyze your coach uh, that you want to select to be the head coach of, and actually also analyze, okay, what kind of intellectual capacity he's got, what kind of this, what kind of that. Blah, blah, blah. When you analyze yourself, um, then you come to the level where you know because it is proven not only by us but it's proven all around that there are a lot of some things are actually naturally and genetically inborn like speed like arrest aggressiveness like the personality um uh, uh, descriptions uh, the same thing with the with the motivation right the, the, the subconscious motivation is something what you either have or don't have right there the, when i was when I started with, with to be the head, to be the coach of the of youth of the U teams at the age of 26, I was working on on a muddy pitch with no pay, uh, with with two balls around, with no pennies, with 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 no goals, with no net nets in a, and listen, it was raining. I had actually my 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 um, uh, my leg in it because I broke my broke my ankle, the ankle that I told you about, left ankle broke it again, uh, as a coach. Uh, so having the umbrella in the right hand and having the cast on, on, on the left leg wrapped up in a nylon in a, in a plastic bag, so it's not so the water's not going to break through, and without any pay, it was a motivation thing. It, I, I didn't need, I needed anyone to actually motivate it. It was just something what I was going after. Um, in the situation where I did, let's say, complete uh, the job. When you say complete, uh, it's never completed, but something in my in my deep down in my soul. I feel that I that I uh, lift something uh, to the proper level and directed that in a in, in a proper direction, and I feel I let's say completed my role here. Um, motivation is to do that on a world level, you know, to do that on a world level, to actually uh, try to make. Uh, I didn't obviously an impact. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't call me if if if, the, if that wasn't the case. Probably right. Uh, if I didn't make an impact in Croatia or even in a, in, 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 in a world level a bit, but I want to make a huge impact in a world level, um, promoting and, and, and not necessarily changing the game, but actually promoting the, uh, 
the 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 the, the new modern trends of the of the development of the players, not necessarily only only with the, with the, with the youth kids. Application of those trends into the senior uh, game, into the senior football uh, squad achievement. As a coach, or as a technical director, or as a as a sports director, or as a manager, uh, not quite not quite. Uh, um, uh, don't know which, but uh, but generally, uh, I don't miss I don't miss the motivation. Motivation is to actually um, make a, make a, make a worldwide impact. In, uh, in 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 a game, we'll see what what the what the God what the God's gonna gonna say to, to these my sentences because there's always a uh, sometimes you wish and sometimes you uh, you you have the wishes and some sometimes those prayers are not answered even though that, that doesn't mean that they're not not good 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 prayers but uh, but uh, I'm just saying uh, I have a huge motivation to actually make a step up um, and thing that I did or tried to do. Uh, to the extent in Croatia uh, on, on a national level, uh, try to do that on a world level. Would we'll see with who? Uh, I do have obviously a couple of couple options around. Um, uh, a lot of people uh, contacts, people calling, people wanting, people uh, offering this and that. But I'm uh, I'm going to see which way to go. Uh, I am connected with the states. There's, there's always been a bond. I, uh, I, I as I say, spent a few years of my life over there, just flying back and forth as a student. Have a lot of friends over there. Know everybody in the system pretty much, more or less. Wouldn't wouldn't mind to contribute uh, myself to the to that territory as well uh, for some time. But as I say, uh, we'll see we'll see where the life's going to go. But I have a I have all the motivation of the world to actually make a world impact in a, in, a, in a revolution of the game. All right, I have a my, my, my I guess this will be my last question. I think this will be a fun one for uh, for listeners. Can you? Uh, can you tell us your favorite story about Luca? Yeah, I can actually. I can, uh, and, and he and he and he and he's going to confirm that if you ever going to have a chance to actually ask <laughs> oh, him. A question. I would love. I would love to interview Luca someday. He, he's going to. He's going to. He's going to confirm that. There was a. There was a. Even even nowadays, we make fun sometimes. We don't. We don't run each other like that often. But a few times, we actually we did laugh. Laugh to that. He always had long hair, like even now he's got long hair, right? Uh, and and then he was a kid. He was a talented kid, but he was one of the one of the, one of the one of the other ones. He was just wasn't 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 standing out too much above the other ones. Well, he wasn't standing up height wise at all. He was he was he was short and skinny, but his hair was always long hair was always there. And before every pass he was just about to make, he always had to actually move his hair off his forehead before actually he saw the ball. He could have seen the ball in the first place, right? So I got really frustrated. Um, uh, I got really frustrated with, with that. And because, listen, look, I mean, listen, it's taking you like at least one second more every time you get a ball before you got to move your, your hair off your forehead. Because, so, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, coach, coach, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut my hair, cut my hair, cut my hair. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Right? So one day I was a bit of a uh, having my day, right, in a, in a bad mood, and I come uh, and I come to uh, to the training, and I see Luca doing that. I said, "Listen, tomorrow, if you don't cut your hair, don't come to the practice. I don't want to see you in a practice if you don't cut your hair." And tomorrow, tomorrow comes obviously, and we're all in a in a, in a locker room sitting over there. He's among these other guys, and I completely forgot about that and having the having the meeting, and I spot in a second Luca didn't cut his hair and I'm saying 
listen, uh, didn't I tell you uh, to cut your hair or, or not to come? And he, he started mumbling, coach, 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 uh, the, the hairdresser's shop didn't work today. Uh, you know when they uh, when in the movies in the movies when they say beep, I'm gonna go like that beep. So uh, you can uh, you can we're gonna we're gonna skip that part of what I said. But he was he was he was flying out of the locker room, uh, and he obviously came back uh, the same day with his hair cut. A uh, few years back when we saw each other, he came to me and said, well, he didn't call me coach anymore. He called me Romeo, obviously. He says, listen, Romeo, do you know that you and the army at that time, because everybody had to do the service, that you know and you and the army at that time were the only two people or institutions that cut my hair? I said, I said yeah, I know. I know. Actually, the third time he did it was uh, the, the bet that I had. I think in Madrid, winning or losing something, I know he cut his hair uh, the third time ever. But like, if you if you ask him, he's going to confirm that it was it was a fun thing at that time. I was furious. I was mad at him, and he was actually literally flying out of the locker room. But he came back with his hair hair uh, hair cut, and now we now we after all these ages, uh, he's uh, he's laughing, and we're laughing to that. But it was one of the one of the actually good good stories I'm never going to obviously forget. That's awesome, man. That's funny. <laughs> um. Any anything else you wanna you wanna leave listeners with? I I, I mean, most of the people who listen to this are obviously in the United States. I think you have a, you actually have a pretty decent following here. A lot of people know your name, and a lot of people are looking forward to listening to this interview. Um, okay, is there anything you'd like to you'd like to say to them? Uh, I don't know. I was I was uh, I was prepared uh, for the, for the for the for the for the answers, not for the questions. However, <laughs> uh, as I say. Um, uh, I, I think the states have a, have a great potential. Um, as I say, that there's uh, I know all the people in charge, and I and I give them all the credit for for trying because uh, it's really hard to actually collect such a huge territory into the one one direction. And this is eleven players on the pitch working the same thing. It's not easy. Uh, but as I say, uh, I'm I'm emotionally connected with a lot of friends I have over there, and I definitely wish wish the kids and and the people over there all the best and uh, and God bless. And where can people maybe learn more about you or find uh, or find the uh, the book that you actually just wrote? Uh, the uh, I have my website. Uh, it's romeojozak.com and uh, there's my email address and obviously more information about the book, where to, how to get it. It's going to be. I, I did have quite a few uh, since I posted that in LinkedIn. I have quite a few followers and people and requests. How to get that? It's it's not it's a not it's not only a curriculum of the Croatian Football Federation. It's a, I would say a development curriculum for the young player overall. Obviously under the umbrella of the federation, which makes it even more more recognizable. And I just wanted to do that and leaving this to my country here, right? But uh, it's the overall it's the overall um, uh, development curriculum, really structured uh, from the from the very beginnings at the age of eight up until the competitive performance at the age of 19 or 20. I will um, uh, present that in, in upcoming months. Um, I know I'm going to be presenting that again in the NSCAA annual convention in January in Philadelphia, there where the, where the book is going to be officially presented. And in uh, Toronto, in the conference in, the I think, Toronto University, a late the same January, uh, late in a month as well. Um, uh, that's where I'm going to present that in Canada, in the States. But as I say, I'm probably going to be flying Flying even more that, but maybe not in a, such a such a huge gathering as as those conventions are. But uh, you never know what the, what it would like takes and brings. But as I say, uh, on the websites and on the, uh, the the communication is not a problem nowadays. There's uh, there's technology 
takes over um, a lot of uh, obstacles and issues. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm here for everyone who wants to uh, cooperate and work and, and learn. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you making time for us. Um, it was and, a pleasure. And best of luck in, uh, in your journey. I think you're going to, I think you're going to end up finding a pretty, uh, a pretty decent coaching job, man. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what the life brings. But as I say, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm open to, uh, to new, uh, frontiers. All right. Well, we'll see you soon then. Thank you. All right, Romeo. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. And just a reminder, if you want to find more episodes of this podcast, you can head over to 343coaching.com. That's the number three, number four, number three, coaching.com. And while you're there, you can also find links to all of our articles. You can find links to our live in-person experiences, including our Players Club. And you can also find links to our free and our premium coaching courses. So head over to 343coaching.com. That's number three, number four, number three coaching.com and you can find everything that you need. Thank you for listening and we will catch you guys next time.